At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back to Love High. My name is Florence Bark and this is the podcast all about connecting you and the world with love, learning more about relationships, yourself and everything in between. In this episode, I'm talking to relationship coaches, Orsa and David. loves welcome back to love high i am so excited about this episode because it is not about my kind of setup and situation in life right now in this episode i'm talking about relationships and more specifically how to thrive in your relationship I have the incredible Orsa and David, who are both coaches. They both work with women and men separately, but then they come together and do couples relationship coaching. And I cannot wait to grill them and learn more about how we can better communicate in relationships, how we can be there for each other in relationships. And I also asked you guys a bunch of questions when it comes to what you would want to know from them as well. And that is going to be in a very special part two of this podcast recording. But before we jump into anything, I just want to remind you of the Patreon, which is a little community that I'm building so that we can all connect with each other. We can all put in creatively when it comes to this podcast and also a forum and a group chat for everyone to help each other out, to give people advice, to tell their stories over on the discord. So that's only one pound a month. You can donate more if you like, because then you can support the podcast. I'm trying to save up for an editor at the moment. So any little you can give would really greatly help out. So that is patreon.com slash love high. Let's get into the conversation with Orsa and David. I cannot wait to talk to them. Let's bring them on. 
Hi both, welcome. How are you? Hello. Um, we're very good, thank you. So yeah. excited to chat with you and yeah, excited for today. It's good to, yeah, it's good to see you again. Okay, let's jump straight into the conversation. I always like to start off with these questions. When was the first time that you both fell in love individually? Are you on me, Dante? Yeah. Yeah. 17, 17, 18. Um, my ex-girlfriend, who is, I'm still very good friends with. We saw her oh, too long ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're still really good friends. Yeah. Um, yeah, 17 years old in a little place called Wanstead in East London. Um, yeah, the first love appeared in my life. And it was, it was really beautiful actually, even until it ended. And then it was horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's quite <laughs> it often horrible the way. It ended. <laughs> Yeah, I sat eating ice cream for days, but it was really beautiful. It's really, when the first time you fall in love, I feel for me was, it's just like, you have no expectation. Mm -hmm. You have no want, you know, you just give, you just give wholeheartedly. Yes. And I'm sure we'll talk about this a bit more, but when you give wholeheartedly in that way, without the need to take back, uh, yeah. you get a lot. And it was just, yeah, it was really beautiful. I, I look back on it with really fond memories, actually. Mm. I really do. Yeah. I don't look back with any anger or anything. It really taught me how to love. Oh, that's really beautiful. So beautiful. And yeah, we met her just the, the other week and she's an incredible woman. Um, and my first love, I was 15. Yeah. Um, young. yeah, young. We were together until we were 18. Wow. And that was also just so many fond memories, you know, um, just very, loving also lots of sexual exploration at such a young age <laughs> that was very healthy and communicative actually wow. um yeah i know um actually one time we were on the front page news in our local magazine of how to kiss <laughs> what <laughs> wait i know sometimes i forget about these strides i've made in my life god knows how what did you god write knows how we did, did that. you write the article no, I, we were approached. We were probably like 17, 18 at this time, probably around 17. And I can't remember exactly, but we were approached and I think he was like, yeah, should we do this thing? <laughs> so we were on the front page news <laughs> on how to kiss. And, you know, yeah, this is like in the local newspaper, like guaranteed my grandma <laughs> and granddad on both sides, my mom's mom's and my dad's parents, you know, and they both watched it. Wow. So, yeah, it was just it was very beautiful. You know, it did it did end, but it also quite, um, you know, what's the English word? Amicably? Yes. Um, yeah, but it had been, I remember my mom and his mom, they were also good friends and they even had a chat. Oh my God, they're not together anymore. Um, but yeah, that was the first love. <laughs> it's so innocent, isn't it? When we first go into those situations and falling in love yeah. in your later life is so different because we come with so <laughs> yes. much like fear, baggage, all those experiences of life. So yeah, there's something really beautiful. I love both of your stories there. How would you say you both learnt about love and relationships and how did that affect those first relationships that you had? Wow. Mm. <laughs> I'll start in this one. <clears throat> I grew up in an environment where there were no healthy relationships as an example in my life at all. My mum got married. My parents, when my parents... I was, I have no memory of my parents being together. Um, they were for a number of years for my older sister tells me. Um, and then my mum got remarried when I was eight years old mm. and he wasn't a particular, he wasn't a terrible man, but he wasn't a great 
person or stepfather at all. He was just, he just didn't really seem to care. And then there was like other relationships, like friends, my mum's family and stuff like that. There was like breakdown of relationships. There's a lot of breakdown of relationships. So I kind of had the story of relationships don't work. I'd never seen how a relationship worked. Yeah. So that was my schooling in relationships before I'd ever really got into one was like, they, I don't know. I don't even understand how these things operate because I've never seen yeah. anything. I don't, have, I don't even have any subconscious models of what they, of how they work. So that was definitely like, I came from a place of minus when it came to relationships. And then my first relationship ended and that really hurt me. And then I probably went deeper into minus about relationships and seeing them as like terrible and difficult. Right. So that affected how you then went into relationships as well. Yeah. Yeah. For probably the best part of 10 years. What did that manifest Mm. as? Oh man. Disarray. Uh, Relationships where I was disconnected. Mm. I wasn't interested in speaking about how I felt. I was to, I have a big habit of, any emotion was shown, I'd shut it down and be like, that doesn't matter. Let's talk about the facts of the situation. I don't care how you feel, like what you feel. I'd also invalidate feelings a lot. Like, no, no, you shouldn't feel like that. What you're feeling isn't right. That's not what happened. Like I was very much in that mode, Mm. which caused a lot of arguments, a lot of stress, a lot of heartbreak for me and women that I met. Um, A lot of short relationships, Mm. a lot of like short relationships. There was periods, there was probably... A period before I met my ex-girlfriend before we met, which was, we were together for four years, where I was just like, I don't do relationships anymore because they don't work and I'm not getting in anymore. Like I was really in that point where I was like, relationships don't work and I'm not getting in them. (laughs) Oh, I want to just leave, Mm. like, how did that change? How did you do all that? But I guess we'll we'll go into that later. Mm. Also, what was your experience? So my experience, something that my, I don't know if it was explicitly said, but something that I learned very quickly about my parents, I think my mom said it, you know, we work really well as a team, Mm. like your dad and I really complement each other well. Mm. And I also remember that she, I don't know if it's a sharing or justification that they also have, you know, these are my strengths in our relationship and this is what I play to and this is your father's and this is what he plays to. Um, equally, um, all the grandparents that I have <laughs> that are in life and bless the one who passed away and even like their parents, the all the ones that I know are have been married. There were no divorces. So everyone has been together. So I come from a family where it's like a strong togetherness. There is strong partnership. You know, they supporting each other in, you know, career um, and just in in life. Um, Something that I have realized now more doing this inner work um, is that what I didn't see modeled was uh, intimacy and like emotional connection and speaking about emotion and, you know, like hugging or affection, even though there was tremendous love, uh, which was shown in a doubt in another way through like safety and support. Um, but that was really like what was modeled. So I came out into the world. It's like, oh, relationship is a, like, it's a partnership and it's a, you know, togetherness. There is a twosome, um, and you support one another and career, <laughs> which, you know, went into my you know, life and also romantic relationship being like, we're supporting each other and we're supporting our career, which also, you know, and 
didn't know much about the emotional intimacy or, you know, affection or hugging and holding, nor emotions. So that was something that I downplayed and just upplayed, you know, what was good as, which was my career, which of course manifested in all sorts of ways as well. Interesting that it ended up being this exploration of relationship and like intimacy and all of those things. Yeah. How, but also your first relationship was so, you said it was so sexually explorative, which is really interesting. Yeah, it really was. You know, we um, used to really talk about like the sex that, I mean, for a 15 to 16, 17, <laughs> 18 year old, you know, what, what would you love in the bedroom? I don't think we asked that particularly, <laughs> but um, I think he was one year older and it was a really big thing that the... I think his ex-girlfriend, which also is quite bold because he would have been 15, you know, she was 17. So she was like, oh my God, your boyfriend had been with a woman who's three years older than you. So he came with experience. (laughs) (laughs) Loads and loads of experience. So, you know, I remember him was really like, you know, when I was like, I remember... You know, a time we were, you know, in the bedroom and I already then struggled to um, to come. And I remember he was really trying to like relax me and some form of breathing, you know, even. So like looking back, it's like, oh, that's that's really advanced. (laughs) And we even used to watch porn and we were like watching porn, you know, we were like, what would you be like? And I remember sometimes we watched porn and had pizza. Porn and pizza. Oh, my God. The advanced next door in Porn and pizza. Yeah, and all the porn, they were so bushy. Like, I do love my hair. Big bush porn. Yeah, there was like big bush porn. Old school. Yeah, but I really old school. But I don't remember any, obviously, this is a little bit of time of what, you know, go. But I can't remember feeling like, oh, does he like that woman? Or she looks like this and I don't look like that. Mm. Or they do this and, you know, that Mm. is advanced. It was just, I really remember, you know the let's just look at it we explore it yeah like sex in mirrors like it was yeah it was wild. wow outside everywhere that's so <laughs> so advanced I, that, that stuff that i feel like people even in their 30s 40s aren't doing in their relationships yet so that's really yeah. beautiful i would love to <laughs> ask you guys how your relationship started how was that love kindled at the beginning also had a plan in it. There's <laughs> <laughs> a plan. I knew. Well, um, actually, I think something that I talk about quite often is, and also, you know, we'll dive into this a little bit deeper, but the importance of getting to know the person for who they are and not write them off based on one thing that they're saying mm. and making this mean something. Because my <laughs> ex-partner and I um, decided to part ways for mar- various reasons. And one thing that was adamant not to have again was a man who I perceived was lazy. <laughs> I was like, I don't want a man who's lazy. I am on a mission. I want the man to join me of course I'm going to support him in what he wants to do as well but like I don't want any and one of the first words that you said <laughs> to me was you described yourself as lazy <laughs> and I was like oh shame but then equally when was that so that was what we met at broad, broad, broad circle yeah oh you'd really started the plan there <laughs> I didn't start the plan <laughs> but you know it was just like you it was just interesting that that was one of the first words that you said, mm. but then my mind straight away, I was like, this guy, you know, this is a few years ago, you had a full-time job and you did a podcast. I was like, I just don't feel like that's true. That's so what he lazy. means by lazy might be something different. That's not lazy in my eyes. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. But actually how we met was that I was a guest on your podcast. Yeah. Oh. 
Um, so yeah, yeah, I had left my corporate career to set up my first company. Um, and I was approaching podcasts to do PR, you know, yeah. get out there. So I contacted your podcast and I was like, hi, this is me. This is what I do. I feel like you are the male version of what I'm, you know, what I would love to do here on earth. And we should talk, mm. you know. AJ replied to you because at that time I did the podcast with my good friend, AJ. Yeah. yeah. And um, I didn't handle any of the conversation, actually. AJ was handling the whole conversation, um, which was unusual because normally it was me that would kind of deal with this sort of thing. And then he handled the conversation. And the story goes is I'd been on this, I was on like a four or five day workshop mm. and you and AJ had arranged to meet in Liverpool Street. Yeah. And I wasn't going to come. Mm. I was like, ah, I was at this workshop and it was really deep into like shadow work and I was just feeling really heavy. And I fell asleep, I did something I never do. I fell asleep on the tube. <gasps> Right, I was coming from like Paddington or something and I fell asleep on the tube and by pure coincidence, I fell asleep and woke up and the last stop on the train I was on was Liverpool Street. Mm. So I got off the train mm-hmm. and I just thought, oh, let me call AJ and see about where, where he is. And he was like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're at broad, uh, broad, broad Circle, wasn't it? Broad yeah. Circle. And I was like, oh man, I'm literally 50 metres from there. I'll just come by quickly. And I came by, you two were sitting there and I was exhausted. Like there was a point where you guys were talking. I said, I need two minutes. I need to sit here, close my eyes and breathe for a while. Cause I'm really, so it kind of started from there and then AJ left. And then we just kind of talked about various like sex positive places to go yeah. to like parties and like workshops, communities. communities. I was like, Oh, you should try this. You should try this. Have you tried this thing? Have you heard about this? Mm. Um, and you kept trying to insert like, Oh, so about the podcast. And I remember at one point going, <laughs> also, you're going to come on the podcast. It's okay. Like it's, it's sorted. We'll sort that, that out. That was to be fair, the only plan I had when I saw it. First yeah, <laughs> get, get confirmed on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess after that, it's like, we've recorded the podcast. Um, we got on, I think we got on really well. I think yeah. there was a point she was really flirting with me before the podcast. She claimed <laughs> I'm not she sure. wasn't. I I she was. wasn't. And then um, <laughs> after that, we just kind of kept messaging, didn't we? And then we got into this kind of cycle of like very long text messages. You know, this is a rule that a lot of dating coaches say you shouldn't do. Send that like, these messages were like essays. You know, when it says yeah. read more, and then you have to click read more multiple times. Wow. Yeah. And we would only reply once a day or once every other day because yeah. we were busy. We used to be in the evening. And then we just arranged to meet up. There was some funny things that happened in between there. We did that. We did that. <laughs> <laughs> what funny things. What? Um, yeah. So it, it kind of started with me, you know, like approaching. It was like a business venture to begin with. Mm. Yeah. But then eventually, and I remember I had a conversation with my then business coach. I was like, you know, I'm doing this collaboration, but it's one of the guys. And I really feel a connection. Like, what do you think? She was like, it's your life. to you stop focusing on business so much. And I was like, yeah, that's really what I had to hear. Uh-huh. But yeah, it was really the those, you know, really like communicating. And I feel what we, what we have done from the get go, which really is, you know, um, something that's so important in our relationship. We was like, Hey, this is who I am. Like really, Mm. you know, this is what I'm about. This is what I would love to do. And just like really gel on that. Mm. Um, 
level and just being able to, you know, communicate and inspire each other and just like, oh, well, if this is what you want to do, you should check out this person, you should do this thing, you know? And yeah, I remember those long, long messages. When I send them, I was like, oh my God, this is saying read more. What does, you know? But then you reply and I was like, oh my God, he replied to my essay, read an essay. <laughs> this is amazing. What was that process yeah. of like falling in love with each other? Like, was it slow? Did it build up? Was, what was... What was that like? So <laughs> it <laughs> where to begin? We've been on a on a big journey, haven't we? Big journey, man. Big journey. Yeah. Um so when we met, um you were open relating. So yeah. you were dating um as an you know, I'm a non-monogamous uh, man yeah. who is seeking an open relationship. And for a long, long time, I had felt that was monogamy my style, mm. you know, but I felt like I was just doing a lot of talking and no kind of exploring. So in true style, I was like, I said to some friends, I was like, I keep talking about that. I'm not sure about uh, monogamy. So therefore I'm going to, you know, try non-monogamy mm. um, and just like, you know, open relating. So when we met I had an intention to explore and you knew that you wanted to be open and it was on that level uh, that we started to connect um I feel like we do I've had some talks about non-monogamy there's something that we talk about because god did I learn what I wish I knew to begin with you know what conversations to have you know agreements what does open mean to you frequency of meeting people what type of people can we meet and it was just like for me my relationship background coming from like you have a relationship that's supportive and it's a twosome and you support each mm. other I haven't had some many relationships or even sexual encounters you know um yeah and then I was introduced to open relating and it just like showed me all the sides that I had to heal look at wounds all sorts and but it really allowed us to like deep commitment to uh, communication Mm, 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 yeah like from my side it was I'd always had this fear about you know, saying to my partner, Hey, I, I've slept with someone else. Yeah. Like saying those words out loud. And every time I had to say it, it became easier, but also I became better at listening and holding space for whatever you had to say or feel. Which was a lot. <laughs> which was a lot. <laughs> and, you know, I had to be with what I was feeling, right. Which was mm. fear, anxiety, or worry, you know, I don't want to hurt someone, all these things, but also I had to be present to that, but also present to what you were feeling and listen yeah. and listen, actually listen to her and not my story of what, and, you know, sometimes it went into story, but we, we really navigated those periods well. And like it set us up for communication, like being able to mm. say virtually anything. If you can tell your partner, Hey, I slept with somebody else. Right. What's more scary for you to really talk about in those moments? Yeah. And for me, who's been, was completely shut down from emotions for 30 years, Mm. um, was then feeling all of the emotions. And, you know, so that was like, I am feeling lots of things all of which I can't even put name to. It's actually, I actually have it written down somewhere. One of the first time I think you had shared that you had been with with someone else mm. and I was with a friend days after and I was like, I just have so many thoughts and feelings. And she was like, just write them all down. 
And I was like, why? She was like, just write them down, you know? And I did. And it's like 30, I'm sure some of them are grouped together, but it's about 30 thoughts and feelings onto one paper from one experience of you sleeping with another woman. So it was a lot of things that came up for me. And it was also just like this mirror back to be like, allow yourself to feel, allow yourself to cry. And now you're going to cry in front of another man and not make that mean anything about your capacity as a woman or future, you know, or current Mm. um, girlfriend material. So it was a lot of so much things, you know, came. Yeah. How how did you have that conversation together? And like, how did you get past all of those feelings that you were having? Because I think that's what scares people so much about open relationships. It's like, how can I deal with all of that fear, that pain, the hurt? What do I do with that? And then how can I then continue in the relationship when I've had that? You know, there's a level of of doing and working through, right? Because, you know, I can only talk about my side, how it's for me. So my fear was a lot about actually expressing like, this is my, this is what I'm doing. This is my truth. And the key was in speaking, saying what I wanted to say, but just saying as it was, not least we need to defend or explain because there was no need to defend or explain. It was part of our relationship mm. or feel bad or feel guilty but also we started to create structures, you know, for like, when can we have, when's the best time to have this? And we didn't start with this. It was like, we learned over time, like when's the best time to have this conversation? When shouldn't we have this conversation? Like, um, how do you introduce the conversation? You know, um, what's needed during the conversation? Like, you know, if there's a emotional reaction, do I need, what do I need to do? Do I need to leave you alone? Do you need to come closer to you? Do you need space? And like, as we start to figure these things out, it was like, being responsible for what you needed, right? Mm. Like in those moments, it's like, oh, I need this. Okay, so you need space. Okay, so when it happens and you want space, I don't interrupt your space. I don't suddenly basically cross your boundaries and go, I think I know what you need better than you need. So there's, there, was, there was some of mm. that. Um, and being with my own fear, not needing to do anything with it. And this, I think this is a really key part is not needing to... Um, it's like we want to release this emotion in some way, right? So say I feel fear. I've told also I something like someone else. I now feel afraid that she's going to leave me. She's going to hate me. She's never going to forgive me. I don't need to do anything with those feelings. I don't need to go and tell her these feelings. I don't need to like release them in some way, in some physical way. Like we do this a lot. We have a feeling we can't just contain and be with it and go, okay, what's this? What is, where does this come from? Oh, this isn't even about her. This is about my whole story about myself and what I've done and learning to just be present with that and go, oh yeah, that's about that. That's this thing and be, and be aware, but then also be present to her and what she's feeling and what she may need for me in those moments as well. Mm. And for me, you know, and I'm still on a journey with this, you know, probably will always be is the unlearning and relearning that loving, like love is, you know, expansive, you know, it's like infinitive love, you know, Mm. and by you having, uh, either desire, affection or love or, you know, sexual desire, for another woman doesn't take away anything from me. Mm-hmm. And that was massive, yes. you know, especially coming from my background of like, it's a two sum 
and then you together and then you you know you marry for life that's literally my reality in generations in my you know in my um family mm-hmm. so it was a lot of just like oh okay so what do i make this mean and also coming from a you know of a place where i never feel good enough if i'm not careful that's my you know dysfunctional i can just never be good enough so it was like oh what do i make this mean about me and what does it take away and then it's like to get more evidence for like oh it doesn't take away he's not going anywhere mm. you know he's coming back like he's coming back to me and it was like oh shit yeah he's really choosing me you yeah. know like um which you know so it's, yeah i mean i can talk about this for days like all the learnings mm. but it's a lot of you know like what am i feeling and what do i make this mean and what is my like now you know default position based on those thoughts and feelings and is that true and does that need to happen? And in this moment in time, how do I want to choose to show up? Because this is actually something that I wanted, mm. you know? So it's not something that was done to me. Yeah. This is done in and I, the container. And i just add in there is, is not acting, taking actions from your story, your dysfunctional story that you believe. Because what we often do is say she's feeling like um, she's not good enough, right? Or I'm feeling yeah. like... I have done something wrong. When I start acting from that place of I've done something wrong, my actions start going into um, defending. They could go into attacking actually even, right? For some people, like if I feel I've I've done something wrong, but I can't sit with that, I then have to attack the other person or she feels like she's not good enough. She'll start taking actions from that place. And it's being super mindful of not doing that. Because when we do that, we're basically buying into a story that's not true. And then we start acting out and role-playing. And before we know it, the things would really fall apart. And obviously we weren't perfect. There were times when I would act from feeling like, you know, I've done something wrong. Times you would act from being not good enough, but we'd see it and we'd turn it around and be like, hey, I did that thing and I'm sorry. Because that actually isn't reflective of what you said or, or what I really feel. Yeah. And, you know, as much as it was like difficult at times, like it just allowed for like a lot of communication, you know, yeah. a lot of communication. Cause not long after this kind of phase, we were thrown into lockdown <laughs> together. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How, how did you end up um, showing each other like that you were committed, even though all these non-monogamous things were happening and the fears and insecurities were coming up? How did you show up for each other and, you know, say, look, I'm not going anywhere? Mm-hmm. Well, it was to continuing to have a conversation, you know, it was to be in deep um, commitment to yourself of how you were feeling and also to each other to be there it was no you know hiding or shaming or wrongdoing it was just like oh this has happened and how you know what do you need (laughs) what do I need how can we talk about that and it's just to like you know really be there and being honest and being truthful and um yeah, showing commitment through communication and, you know, showing up like literally physically, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, you know, in a very, very healthy way throughout, mm. you know, like consistency is something that I've always loved. Um, also in, you know, relationships um, as well. And just really creating the space of also what the other person need, mm. yeah. you know. I think for me, it was staying with what I truly wanted and and also acknowledging that 
this was something we both wanted and we were both committed to and really paying attention to that commitment, right? Because it would be easy just to leave the relationship. That's technically the easiest thing to do. And focusing on like, oh, this person is here and they want me and they continue to show me that. Like, yes, this part I believe somewhere I think is showing me that it's not like this, this, oh, they've been with someone else. Oh, this must mean. But also it's like looking at that meaning and going, okay, that meaning's not true because this is an agreement we've both agreed on. And let's look at everything else as well, you know, because inside of that, there was like the things we used to do, the conversations we would have, like the places we would go, you know, there was like meeting family and friends and holiday planning for the future, planning for the future, talking deeply about our desires for relationship and, you know, things like marriage and having children. So when you bring it all together and you're focusing on everything, not just the bit that you want to focus on, because that ties into the story you believe about yourself, men and relationships, it, it gives a, a much better view of focus, but it does. It's like a, I keep saying this to people, but it's like a meditation, you know, mm. because you have to go, oh, I'm distracted by my bullshit. Let me self bring myself back to what I want to focus on and what is true and what is really happening. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I would really love to hear more about your guys' coaching, just so that everyone listening can have a greater understanding of like what you both do, because I think it's so beautiful. You both do your individual things and then you come together for relationship mm. coaching Please tell me a little bit yes. more. Yeah, exactly. So I am a woman's coach. Mm -hmm. So I coach women all around the world to initiate them to become powerful creators in their love life, ending relationship self-sabotage, anything that doesn't serve them, mm -hmm. and dialing up truth, sexual expression, emotional expression. Um, I'm also a matchmaker. So I uh -huh. you know, do create couples through matchmaking. Um, and also educator. And with David also coaching couples. So I do various things, but really the underlying, you know, 
want to support people is to attract, keep and deepen deeply satisfying romantic relationships inside and outside the bedroom. And it's really beautiful that, you know, organically before we met, I was doing this work and so were you. And then over time we were like, oh, it would just make sense that we come together and maybe we run some workshops. And then that response was really amazing. And people ask us more questions and we were like, oh, let's coach people together. And that response was amazing. And yeah. that just like continue to, to build. And it's so organic and seamless and, you know, authentic because this is the work that we do ourselves and we're in a relationship and we really show up for each other in a relationship. So now we teach other people about relationship from a place of having one together. Yeah. So it becomes very true you know yeah and the work I do I work with men in the realms of like dating relationships intimacy mainly um I think the common things you know one of the common themes I'm getting at the moment is things around like um erectile dysfunction premature ejaculation as well as deepening intimacy and relationship I've got quite a few clients I'm working on that with um as well as things like you know healing like father wounds and abandonment helping men you know, connect with a like positive, healthy masculinity as mm. well. That's something quite common for me. Um, I, everything that I do with, with the men that I work with is really from the base of self-awareness and presence. Because when we start to become aware of ourselves and other people, our feelings, our emotions, our past, we can connect better. We start to, you know, one of my clients said recently, after a number of calls, he was just like, you know, I realized the deeper I connect to myself, the deeper I can connect to other people. And I said, yeah, it's so true. It's almost cliche. You know, I said, but if I told you this six weeks ago, you would have gone there. Mm, I'm not sure about that, but <laughs> the experience you've had now, you're like, oh, wow. Like I've gone through and looked at some of my dysfunctional behaviors and stuff like that. So there's a lot around learning about self, deepening intimacy and sex and connection. Um, yeah. across, And then there's also stuff where like some of my clients are really waking up spiritually and I guide them along the journey of, of that as well. Um, so yeah, it's a real wide range of stuff. And then obviously together we work with couples and, you know, a lot of that is, is bringing them closer together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, may helping them bring, come closer together, whether that's sexually, whether that's from communication, whether that's helping them with experiences. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, some of the stuff we talk about communication is just like dropping the story and actually connecting to each other and, and letting go of some of these, the stories that we believe about each other and, and relationships. Yeah. What do you say to the quote, <laughs> relationships should be easy bullshit (laughs) (laughs) yeah no No, I I used to believe this and and I used to believe it It, I feel like a lot of people believe it a lot of people believe that it should just be like you enter into a relationship you know and if it's right it should be easy yeah I used to believe this and it meant that my relationship didn't go very well because mm-hmm. I would go in them, there would be some arguments and I'd be like, well, well, this isn't meant to be then. This is a wrong relationship. And then I'd probably, you know, they didn't, a lot of my early relationships didn't last longer than like anything from kind of nine to 12 months was a thing because you start to argue at that point. And I was like, well, this should be easy. Um, the problem is, is that we don't see conflict and we don't manage conflict very well, right? Because we're not shown conflict. Our parents don't argue in front of us. We, very few of us see our parents argue and make up. Mm. 
like in a yeah. way that's like, ah, oh, there's an argument, there's a discussion, and then there's a moving forward. A lot of us see our parents argue, someone backs down and it gets it gets completely squashed and we don't they don't talk about it. Yeah. So we never see healthy conflict modeled and we don't see emotions modeled very well. So we come to this belief that it's easy. Plus, you know, you've got movies, uh-huh. um, and then also added Disney. Disney is very responsible. They should be up for war crimes, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> because it's serious what they've created for people. Um, especially, I'd say, like, my generation, our generation. The movies are getting better, but, like, mm. you know, I was watching Aladdin, you know? Like, oh, my God, this man comes out on a carpet and sweeps one off her feet and, you know, happy ever after. But it's not It's not happy ever after. It's, like, stumbling blocks and difficulties ever after. That's really it, you know? And yeah. that's part of the journey. Um it's immature to believe that relationships should be easy. It's immature to believe anything that's that matters to you, that's important to you, is easy. Your work is not easy if it's something that's your means something to you because you put your heart into it. So sometimes you get hurt. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you have to move past things. Like I can't see much in life, and it doesn't have to be hard. Like you know, this not also create a second narrative that relationships are hard. They're not. They're just not easy. Mm. Um, in the same way that you know my career to being a coach has not been easy. It hasn't necessarily been like tumultuously difficult, Yeah, but I think it's just a kind of dysfunctional thing. I also think it's self-sabotage and avoidance. If I believe relationships are easy, every time it gets hard, I can bail. Yeah. Then I don't have to deal with anything hard. And it's like a bit like meditation again. Why do people stop meditating? Oh, it's hard. I can't do it. I don't do it very well. I'm getting out. It's a learning. It's a lack of resilience we need resilience in life to move through life because difficult things will happen. Yeah. Relationships the same. We learn a certain level of resilience. Like, oh, she felt something that hurt me. Okay, let's discuss this. That's the hard thing to do. The easy thing to do is go, oh, you know what? I'm out. Like, look after yourself. Bye-bye. Ciao. Hmm. So that's so that's true. Everything that's good for us does take commitment and work. I've just started doing that cold yeah. shower thing. It is horrible mm. being in that cold shower. Yet there are so yeah. many benefits from it. I feel like that's a good kind of comparison. So you, mm. you spoke about relationship self-sabotage there. And obviously that's something that you work with also. How do you unlearn those self-sabotage and like avoiding things in relationships? Yeah. So this is something that comes up a lot. And the reason why I wanted to be a coach after being a matchmaker, because I was like, Mm. what's the point of matching highly compatible people if they're going to do what they (laughs) used to do, which is self-sabotage out of something that could be really amazing. You know, Yeah. it is so much, you know, that comes back from the coaching is also working with self. Like the stories we have is so much story, you know, bullshit story. That's not true about our perceived worth, Mm. our perceived capacity, Mm. our perceived, you know, um, belonging. Mm. And if we are unclear on those, when we come towards something that you know, um, challenge the belief that, oh, I don't think I'm good enough or I don't believe I'm worthy or I'm not capable or I don't belong. Mm. When you come into a, you know, relationship that's very loving and expansive and belonging and togetherness, you're like, this doesn't match the internal dialogue or the internal energetic blueprint that I've been speaking a lot about in the last week, you know, that's being shown to me. So it's a bit like, oh, this doesn't, what they say, about me, 
I don't fucking believe them because I don't believe it about myself. They can't hear it, yeah. you know, and this is a big experience with myself as well. Even then when they are shown that this is someone who want to be with you and they love you and they committed to you. And, you know, this could be something that's really good if you're, as I said, if the internal dialogue doesn't match up with that. So it's so much mm. of, you know, really getting clear of what it is that we would love to create. What do we want? What is important? You know, and do we believe that we can have it? Like, is this how you show up in who you swipe for, who you go on a date with, who you ask out for a date, who you share, how much you like them and you would love to continue to get to know them or taking the relationship to the next stage? You know, there is so many, but it's a very much like is what you would love to create is your internal dialogue and your internal nervous system, you know, makeup, like the body energetically, is this a match for what it is that you would love to create? Because otherwise it's just a, you know, um, it's a disengagement between what we're trying to create and what we're able to hold based on the internal relationship with self, you know? And then you add into that how we create, groups around us, friendships, family. Yeah. If we say, for instance, those people also have the similar beliefs about themselves, we end up in this echo chamber where we're all subconsciously feeding into each other's negative beliefs about our worthiness, belonging, capacity, right to existence, right? Yeah. And it just deepens the belief in this. So when a man comes along and he, you know, you know, with, with women, they say a man comes along and he starts, you know, saying he really cares about you, doing the right things. When you're like, oh, you know, I'm in this relationship, I met this guy and, you know, I'm not sure about him, you know. He just seems, oh, I'm not really sure what that is. And then all your friends go, yeah, I know that feeling, you know. Trust your feelings. Yeah. Trust your feelings. Like, trust that. If you feel like something's not quite right, then you should trust that feeling. And then, boom, you get rid of this man who was perfectly good for you, Ooh. right? He was nice. He was decent. And maybe he felt a little bit boring, right? Because you're used to drama. Because mm. you've been creating drama for years. And I know I'm not meaning to project onto women that women are drama but I started with that example and but it's just important to notice it's like we create this reality for ourselves but we also have the choice to uncreate and create a new reality if we we also choose to yeah I often it was a conversation I had just the other day and she was saying that you know I would love to meet a man that's emotionally available but you know they don't exist like, okay, one, Ooh. do you even know what you're saying? And equally, and then she said, oh, you know, me and my girls were, you know, we were joking and we were talking about this over dinner the other day. Yeah. I was like, well, for us to do this work, you need to stop those conversations immediately. I was like, I'm not saying yeah. that you should end your friendship, <laughs> but if you, this is, if you're going to get this thing, I need you to stop having these conversations yeah. over a glass of wine because it is not true. You know, yeah, there are some, like I fucking met them, you know, Mm. I moved away from them, attracted a like deeply emotionally available man. And I speak to them all day long, you know. Um, So, yeah, it's just like, as you say, you know, it's like it's the internal language and also what is the language going on? I did a post about that only yesterday. I was like, what is your favorite IG account saying about men? Wow. Boom. <laughs> what, are, what are you hearing all day long? And like, what are you not even hearing? You know, you know, sometimes you're like in a story yeah. and sometimes, you know, maybe something you've, you know, reacted in a way I've made it mean something and over, you know, I'm making a cup of tea or something. And I've just like created a story of like, oh, he said it in this way. Oh, it's going to be so sad. We're going to have to break up now and I'm going to be alone forever. And then it's like, wow, I just caught myself in this yeah. story that I just completely fucking full wholeheartedly accepted for five seconds. 
<laughs> uh, you know, when you see a movie playing out and you're like, ooh, and some people don't know it. We're so quick to jump on those, those moments of doubt, I think it is. And especially when you have those conversations with your friends. I think I've been in countless of those conversations where you're just like, you have one little thing that's come up in a relationship, something that's starting up or even in a long-term relationship. And your friends are so happy to jump on board with that little thread of negativity instead of just listening and giving advice or like asking why and kind of Mm. questioning it rather than just being like, oh yeah, well, we, we all know that it's not going to work out then because we do all have this narrative that things are, if things are hard, yeah, you just walk away. Mm. It's projection, isn't it? We're always projecting. And this is the thing with the friends is like your friends are projecting their bullshit onto you. Mm. They're projecting their beliefs about dating and everything onto you. And I give you something that's even, I feel is even deeper than that. They can't, it would be difficult for them to give you positivity and positive advice at that moment because it goes against their own programming they have. They don't have the capacity to tell you something positive because doing so would mean that they would have to stop believing their own bullshit for a moment. Uh. And for some people that is now impossible. Like, you know, I coach men and I, you know, most of them are dating women and you know, sometimes I hear the conversations that the men are having with the women and that the the men are believing things about women and the women are believing things about men and they're not, they're not even talking to each other. They, I say this a lot. It's like they're talking. It's like there's an avatar that sits in between them yeah. that they've both made up that is having a conversation, and their real beings are like out here, like un, out of control of what's happening in between them. Yeah, and this is you know maybe that's jumping to another thing, but this is why <laughs> something that has been amazing in our relationship and something that we teach now is to reflect what you have heard from your partner Mm. or like, you know, I guess you could do it with friends as well, but really like to keep it in relationships, you know, Mm. is something because this is, was amazing for me because my, my, you know, limiting story about myself is that, you know, I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy of love and my needs, you know, are never going to be met. It's unsafe Mm. for me to speak up about my needs. And even though I've been doing, you know, six years of, of inner work, so they're very quiet, but they still exist. But if we back, you know, three years ago when they were somewhat louder, when you were sharing certain things, some of that was programmed back into that. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Like he's going to leave me. I should be in something else. Why did I react this thing? I've done something wrong now. And this is why they're reflecting. So I think you really started this and you're like, what did you hear? And I was like, what do you mean? What did you, what do you mean? What did I hear? I can just like, I'm a capable businesswoman. God damn it. And you're like, no, but what did you hear? Like, I would love for you to repeat it. And first it felt like somewhat, you know, I was like, this doesn't feel like it's an equal power play, but you did it with love and intention. And then, you know, I trusted that. So I went into it and then I could hear myself. And then you had an opportunity to hear my story. So you heard what I heard. And therefore you could re-say it so I could hear it differently. Mm. And I could then pick up on, oh shit, what I heard and what you said, they don't match. 
Yeah. So this is something too, is like, you know, do I understand it? So reflecting, it's something that has been talking about stories, Mm. you know, and this is why it's so important as a coach. I did a post about this today, (laughs) Um, you know, and she was like, oh, happiness is something that's really important to me. You know, I was like, great. She was like, happiness is so important. It's had its own theme in my life. I'm just going to get very clear on what it looks like, what it feels like, what it does, you know, all these things. And then I was like, great, good for you. Let's do that. Uh, I would love for you to be happy. And then she spoke about the man that hasn't shown up for her in the last two months, um, which is like 80% of the, you know, connection. And she was like, you know, but this man, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to give it another go. I'm just going to wait one more week for him to reach out. You know, I don't feel happy when I'm with him. Um, I don't really feel happy. I actually feel really anxious. And I was like, oh, so what happened to that really big part of your life where you wanted to be happy? Now, five seconds later, you say that you're going to give this another, you know, go number 45 and she was like oh my god I didn't even realize she was like oh my god you know when she heard it out loud she was like wow that went so quick I was like yeah so without me as a mirror there she wouldn't have heard it and just like us as a relationship without each other sometimes you can't hear it the thing you really need to hear not the not the old Mm. or the fear you just need to hear what they're saying but it's hard to hear it depending on what frequency you're tuning into, yes. you know, except effectively. And I think this is the problem that most people have is how to communicate in their relationship. People find it so hard to just talk about their feelings with each other. Mm. What are your tips on how to open up good communication in a relationship? Mm. Well, something that we speak about and something that we do every month is that we have created time to sit down once a month, the first Sunday of every month uh, for what we call our relationship check-in. So it creates a structure that enables you to, you know, communicate celebrate, talk about what maybe isn't going well, what we need from each other and ourselves. What's going really well as well. And what's going really well. Yes. (laughs) We get to highlight the things that's going really well. Moment you've felt most loved. How can I be a better person to you? Sweet gestures. Yes. All these things. So that's a good structure because that, the reason why I love it so much is because it gives you time to talk about what matters because I can't tell you how many things I put down on some lists on maybe what didn't go well or what I feel frustrated about. And lo and behold, two weeks in or a month after I've written that down to our next relationship check-in, that doesn't, that hasn't got any power anymore. You know, it's not relevant. It's not worthy of my time or your time or our time to work together. It was an initial reaction based on reactions. And and what that also does is, you know, you have to have, to have good communication, you need respect Yeah. for yourself and for the other person. And how we demonstrate respect is by listening. Yes. Non-reactively. Listening and shutting the fuck up. <laughs> so you- You've switched between those two things. Yeah. Right? No, it's listening and shutting the fuck up. I'm listening to you. Apologies, I know I jumped over you there. I'm listening, also talking, and I'm just listening. And I'm listening and I'm listening. Yeah. And when she's complete with, lis- with speaking- I might look at her for a few seconds. I might even wait because I feel, well, maybe she really complete. And then she stops and goes, I'm finished. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to speak now. And I will think, okay, what I've heard is all these things. Do I even need to respond? Right. Do I need to respond to what's said? Do I kind of just say, yep, I hear you. I hear you're feeling this way. This is a thing that happened. You're feeling like this. Does that sound about right? 
And you go, yeah, I'm not responding. I'm reflecting back what's being said. I'm, I'm creating empathy with the feelings. And then maybe then I respond and she listens. And this is the problem with a lot of people is, as we said a few times, it's like, they're not really listening. So how do we share about feelings? Cause that was the question as well, right? Sharing about feelings is ownership. I am feeling, not you made me feel. Uh, That's very aggressive. It's very aggressive to say, Florence, you have made me feel. And also what I then yeah. do is I'm powerless. I'm powerless. You do things to me that I have no control over, right? You say things and it makes me feel things and I have no power and I'm a powerless little being, but the winds of your words, right? When actually I'm a powerful human being that can choose how he chooses to react. I am feeling this way, but also it's like, how do we put it? Me feeling something is just part of the experience of being a human being. It doesn't necessarily require also to completely change her way of being. Like if I get angry about something, there's an ownership that I got angry about that thing, right? Maybe then I might communicate, I need this, this or that, but it's also the ownership that I got angry. And the problem, the mm. reason why I got angry isn't usually because the thing that she did directly. It's the story that I believe about what that thing means about who I am and my value. So when we start to kind of put our feelings not as so personal and like me or you creating them, we give space for us to feel, but we also give space for us to just feel and let it and let it kind of flow off into the ether. And then you Yeah, and just to finish up on that, not everything you feel you we need to check in. Everything that I feel, I feel a lot. You know, all day, every day, lots of emotions, especially when on my period. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I have to also check in. Where can I understand all my feeling, see what I've made that mean and what have I made that mean? Is it true? And then go, does this need the air and the time of David? Or is this a loop that I can close myself? Mm. And if the loops can't be closed by themselves, by me taking radical self-responsibility for closing that loop, because I have the tools and I believe I'm a powerful human, then I would reach out and say, hey, this happened. This is how I feel. This is what I made it mean. And I'm now in my shit, really worried because I've just, you know, made it mean I'm not good enough and you're going to leave me for a much better woman, you know? And then you can go, okay, so this is what I shared. This is how I hear, you know, not everything, because otherwise we could maybe speak about how one is feeling mm. all the time. We must also like take responsibility of what is worth sharing. I thought that was really interesting what you said earlier about the fact that you had written a list. So you don't necessarily yeah. bring things up straight away because mm. I think obviously we all have a desire if we're feeling something now, we're like, oh, we need to talk about it now. But then obviously that doesn't yeah. give you the time to then process it. So is there no. something in it for you where you just, you know, you collect the feelings for a month and then you have this check-in or do you have conversations and communications in between the check-ins as well? We do um, have conversations and um, yeah, we, I mean, we communicate um, a lot. Um, it depends on what is happening, you know, around us and, and in the relationship, um, you know, being in a conscious relationship and 
wanting to be your true self and allowing you to grow and also do that for your partner shows, you know, throw things up. Mm. So if it's like, you know, um, it's been a few retreats in particular, like one, you went to Ista, mm. um, a couple of weeks ago, mm. um, which I don't know, maybe want to explain a little bit for that just quickly before I. Yeah. Ista is a company, they run a retreat. It's the first level is called Sacred's spiritual sexual shamanic experience mm. so it's a a retreat i guess about personal power about expression um, and also sexuality. Yeah. Mm. So that container alone showed up a lot of things for me. Oh, it's going to be a lot of nudity, a lot of touch, a lot of sex. Potentially, I was like, what do I make this mean? You know, so when Easter was a part of our lives. That was a lot of check-ins, like weekly check-ins, weekly communication. Okay, I need to, you know, can we create some time? Is now a good time? Should we speak tonight? What does your schedule look like? So depending on what's going on inside the relationship, outside the relationship, we ensure that we create time to communicate around that. And sometimes it's like, it's been a whole month and then, oh my God, it's already a relationship check-in. Oh, everything is really good. Anything really you need to talk about? Yeah. Not really. Okay, cool. How do you, you know, know when, it, it completely depends. How do you know when the right time is to have these conversations? So I think we, and this again, this is something we've, we've like written and talked about. <clears throat> so, so that you have to, this is where we get permission, right? Permission is a really important part. And I guess for us coaches, we understand that because, you know, in coaching, you're asking for permission to coach people. So it's asking for permission, like not in like, oh, please, can I talk? It's more of a case of like, it's now a good time to talk. But also there's a respecting of people's yeses and no's. Mm -hmm. Like I might mm -hmm. say, no, no is not a good time to talk. When would be a good time to talk? Okay, I feel that I will have some time about 8 p.m. tonight. Okay, cool. Is it something really urgent? Maybe it's a question I can ask. Is it something really urgent? And you might say yes. Mm. You know, like there was a, a few days ago where you came to the door and was like, I really need to talk to you. It's really urgent. And I was like, I just need five minutes and I'll be out. Right. And I know that I need to come out in a level of being really present yeah. to her and also not present to my bullshit. Um, and we have a conversation and I listen and I'm there and she, exp she expresses her feelings and I listen. So in between the check-ins, it's really a case of, I don't know, my, my go-to is, oh, I'm having some feeling and reaction to something that's occurred between us. Let me spend some time with myself first before I go, I need to tell you about what I'm feeling right now. Because the number of times that when I go and sit down, I might meditate, I might do some breath work, I might do some dancing, I might do some shaking, I might go for a walk. And I start to think about what's going on for me and I start to feel what's there. I realized that actually just taking myself away for a couple of minutes starts to reduce it because I start realizing like, oh, wait, actually I've made something up about what's happened there. I don't need to speak about this right away. But there's times where I've done that. And two days later, I'm like, oh, I need to talk to you about something. And you're like, okay, what's that? It's now a good time. Yeah. And I'm like, you said this thing and, you know, it's made me feel angry and I don't want you to do anything with this information. But that's, I felt like I need to express that's how it made me feel. Yeah. And you'll go, okay, thank you. Thanks for sharing. Is there anything you need? I might be like, mm, I might want a hug or I might just want to hear that you're, you know, you're not angry with me or I didn't do something wrong. And it's like, yeah, cool. Say those things. And then boom, we're into the, Love that. We, we move forward. Yeah. I think that's really amazing. 
When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For you both, are there certain things that are your kind of go-to tips when it comes to how people can thrive in their relationships? Yeah, I think one of the first ones is something that we kind of talked about when we first, is like we had a commitment to us being our true selves. There was a commitment very early on. It was like, I remember being saying like, I've been in a relationship and felt like I couldn't be me. And you said you've been in a relationship, you couldn't be you. And I was like, what I want is a relationship where I can be fully me. Actually, just saying what you want is like a really good way to start and thrive in a relationship. It's like, this is what I need. This is what I want from a relationship. Have some sort of idea about the relationship you want and talk about it. And it doesn't have to be, I don't think we've had a formal conversation of like, let's have a meeting today to talk about what sort of relationship we want. But it was just embedded in our dialogue. You know, I always think of the third time we met up and I was lying on the grass near the cricket pitch where I used to live. And I was like, this is the sort of relationship I want. Like, this is the sort of future I would like to have. (laughs) And it wasn't me telling her that this is what I want from her. I was just being really honest about what I wanted. And there was a resonance. You then spoke about, wow, you know, I saw the look in your eye. It really, you know, at that moment, things shifted with us. I always think in that third third time we met up, she just looked at me slightly differently. And I really was like, ah, I see now. She She wants similar things. But then she communicated, this is what I'm about. This is what I want. So we can talk about the sort of relationship we want is a really good way to start. And again, I know this because I've done it with quite a few of my clients who have started relationships and they've sat down with their new partners and gone, these are some of the really important things for me in a relationship. And they they share and they talk and they talk about it and go, oh, great, we're on the same page. And then it allows them to step into the relationship from a place of, of clarity and from, you know, mutual respect and understanding. Yeah. Mm. And... What I really love and something that really allows, you know, me to thrive and us to thrive in a relationship is to practice celebrating each other, Mm. you know, just like champion each other, support each other, support each other's growth, even when you don't fucking particularly want them to grow in that (laughs) way. (laughs) Would have loved you to, you know, I am committed to you and your growth And I want you to feel free and I want you to feel, you know, expansive and looking at your shit so you can remove them. And one of the 
containers was ISTA that was super triggering for me. And mm. I was like, why do you have to go to this fucking thing? Why is it always you have to touch women to get some form of epiphany? <laughs> you know, but equally, <laughs> you know, but then it was like, okay, that's not, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I really trust you in the things that you do. So, you know, it started with me feeling a bit like, oh, make it all about me, blah, 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 my life. And then just like, oh, I'm going to celebrate that he wants to grow. I'm going to celebrate the relationship because this is a relationship I want to be in. I'm not here against my will. You know, yeah. I really want to be here. Like I want to really be with you. Um, and so it was like, oh, there was this thing. So I'm going to celebrate you taking the step to do this thing. And then I'm going to do what I need to do over here, which is understanding the container, speaking to people, getting coached, journal the fuck out of everything, you know, <laughs> choose an anchor, choosing growth and just really celebrate. And that lo and behold, you came back and it was like deepening of, of love and intimacy. Wow. I've never felt you so deeply in my whole, you know, oh. in the whole time we've been together. So it's just like, oh yeah, I knew this could happen. So it's really to celebrate is so important. Like, yeah, talk about, you know, maybe what didn't go well and how you're feeling and, you know, all these things are so valid and also spend some time, like celebrate, have fun, like laugh, be silly, act like kids, yes. do crazy shit, you know? Yeah. That, that yeah, advice so is amazing. I think that's going to help so many people. Lastly, what is love to you both and how do you describe it? You know, for me, love is really, I feel like love is like this beautiful like room and space that you get to step into and get like wholeheartedly loved by again, like being you, it's like you really show up. Like the most scariest thing can be you really showing up like deep authenticity, vulnerability, like this is me, this is me all the way through, you know, and being able to step in towards your partner with him, her, they, and just like be loved you know, for all of that, it's like you've shown yourself and you're yeah. loved for it. You're even loved for the stuff you can't fucking love yourself for, you know, and allowing that the person can love it. It's just like this room of just like, yeah, just, um, that's why I feel like pure love is, you know, it's like you really allow yourself to be seen. And then mm. that's the only, that's what's so ironic with love. People are like, I really want to be seen and chosen and deeply loved. Oh, can you be vulnerable? No, <laughs> because it's like when you really allow yourself to show, that's when you really know you're loved as well, because yeah. this is really me, you know, I'm not pretending. Mm. I'm going to take a slightly different angle, slightly different mirror. Love is active. Mm. Love is a feeling. We know love as a feeling that we feel in our warm, in this warm center of our body. Oh, I feel warm. I feel love for this person. I feel drawn. But love is active, right? Active love. Love is a very like doing, taking actions out of that feeling to love. And sometimes those actions won't actually feel good for you. They might be hard. They might be difficult, right? So love is challenging. Love is healing. Love is beautiful. Love is eye-opening. Love is enlightening. Um, but it can also be challenging. And I think that's part of love is challenge, you know, like you can challenge with yeah. love. You can be fierce with love as well. Um, I think there's also, yeah, like I said, it's that beautiful warm room that you speak about, but it's also like, it's almost like being a warrior and a champion for the feeling 
and to continue the feeling and keep spreading that feeling in yourself and your relationship. And sometimes you might have to fight some demons, you know, whether they're your demons mm. or your partner's demons, you know, you do, there needs to be a certain level of fight for love and loving fight. And, you know, this is a lot, I'm talking about kind of mental um, fight, but it's like, it's, but it's also can feel so victorious afterwards when you've moved past something that's difficult. You know, that's also love is basking in that feeling of like, ah, oh, we just went through something difficult together. Isn't that beautiful? We've done that. That's made us closer as well. So yeah. love is a very, um, yeah, it's very active. Love is active. Yeah. Those were both so beautiful. I love hearing everyone's definitions of love. So we're going to dive into another episode of the podcast where I get to ask some of the listeners questions to you both. But whilst this episode ends, is there a way that our listeners can find you and your platforms? Yeah, I'll go. Um, you can find me at the authentic man. Uh, that's, you know, authenticman.net or you can find me on Instagram, which is probably the place I hang out the most is the authentic man underscore. Um, yeah, those are probably the two best. I'm a podcast. I also have a podcast, which I always forget about. I find this with <laughs> podcasters. When we're on the podcast, we always forget that we have a podcast. Yeah. Um, you can find me at my podcast, which is The Authentic Man with David Chambers, where I talk about all topics of relationships, intimacy, dating, uh, masculinity, emotions, and anything basically that affects men and also women in their lives. Mm. And you can best find me on Instagram. It's Coach with Author. Uh, so it's coach with A-S-A. -A. <laughs> um, that's the easiest way to, to find me. I do reels now. Go check them out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Reels. I, got some, I got some sick reels. We have to do reels now. It's the bane of my life. Ah. Is this the, yeah. Please go love me there. <laughs> okay, so everyone, make sure you now jump onto the next episode if it's out already or just keep waiting for next week's episode to hear more from Orsa and David. Thank you guys. Mm, Thank you. I could literally talk to Orsa and David all day. They dish out so much valuable information. I'm just so excited that you all just listened to that episode. And I really hope that you learned something and had something that you could take away from it. I'm, yeah, I'm just sitting here after the conversation that we had just in awe. And I feel so happy that they were able to come in and share all that information and also make sure that you check out the next week's episode, which is going to be the part two of my conversation with them, where they answer the questions that you guys sent in and it's, it's a good one. So make sure you're there. And just before we wrap up today, I'd also like to remind you of the Patreon if you want to be part of the community, to be part of the creative process, to be part of the conversation with the community on Discord. That's patreon.com slash love high. And that's only one pound a month to support the podcast. And also to support the podcast, if you don't want to join the Patreon, please, all I ask you is to go onto your podcast platform and leave me a rating and a review because it helps so much with the growth of the podcast. And I really hope that you're all on this journey with me and want to get this podcast into more people's ears so that we can connect people more with themselves, love and their relationships. 
Thank you so much for listening. You can also find me on my Instagram, which is at Florence Bark. And other than that, you'll see me next Monday for more Love High. Bye, my loves. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.